Hey guys, welcome to another takeover episode of It's Okay to Feel, a NAMI OC podcast. I'm your takeover host for today, Tasmeen. I'm a 19-year-old female, um, I am Pakistani-American, and I am also a graduate of the NAMI OC Media Masterclass, which teaches the basics of podcasting and growing a social media presence. Thank you so much for joining in and listening to me today. My topic for today is on debunking expectations, and I think it's really important that we all understand what expectations are and why we shouldn't really be expecting to follow these expectations. Before I get started, I just want to let you know that It's Okay to Feel is for informational, educational, and or entertainment purposes only and is not a substitute for medical or psychiatric advice, diagnosis, or treatment. It's Okay to Feel is funded by the Orange County Healthcare Agency, Behavioral Health Services, Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security, CARES Act. Now let's get started. So like I mentioned, um, I am a Pakistani American, and being a female, there's a lot of expectations that I hold myself to. Um, Self-expectations, expectations from family members, society, all that stuff. And Fun fact, I'm also in the pathway to pursue a medical degree. And so knowing the kind of mindset that I have, I'm overambitious. I'm an overachiever. I want to make everything perfect for myself. And that's really, really, really created so many consequences for me, especially in the realms of mental health. Um, I struggle with just perfectionism um, and just not wanting to fail. And that mentality, as much as it's super common, not just in my community, but all around me in college, it's really toxic. Everyone's competitive. Everyone wants to make it. Everyone expects to make it by, you know, maybe 30, have their degree, have a job that pays well, have maybe, you know, plans to start a family, et cetera, and all that. Um, But the reality is, is that that expectation shouldn't exist to begin with. We're all different people. We all have different aspirations. And the truth is, we all want to get somewhere in life. And when we're competing against each other, it creates a lot of anxiety and depression and just so many different issues for ourselves. And then we don't see ourselves, um, you know, competing the way we think we should be competing and acting the way we should be acting. Our performance is not, you know, that 100% performance that we expect ourselves to be. And so just seeing us not being able to react to that stimuli properly sets us back as well. And so it's just growing up with this, being an overachiever, wanting to get into the best med school, the best college, have the best grades, that's really damaging. And it's even worse when I see, you know, people who are my age, online on social media and see that they're influencers or they have an online business and they're making it somewhere. And here I am, a 19-year-old, seeing everyone around me, seeing all my friends who are graduating at the top of their class who have what I want to have. Um, Just a little example, you know, I'm super into photography as well. And I started my photography page around a year ago. And I'm like, you know, I'm proud of my work. I like what I put. I like what I take pictures of. And I thought it's going to get big. I'm going to do well. People are going to love my work. And I'm sitting right now with 500 something followers on Instagram on my social um, page for photography. And 
that doesn't hurt me. I look at those numbers and I'm like, yeah, that's great. Like, it's okay. It's not like I'm working too much on it anyways. But then I see people who are my age, who started their art accounts and their ambitions maybe a couple months after me, and they're at 1K. Um, They have brands sponsoring them. And so I think to myself, I'm like, well, um, that could be me, but it's not. And it sucks because I really want it to be me, but it's not me. And so these self-expectations are as toxic as the expectations our families provide or our surroundings give us or society, you know, holds to us. Um, So, you know, like, let's talk a little bit about these expectations, where they come from. First off, family expectations. They are, I think, the most guilt-tripping of expectations on this planet. You have your parents that you love, you know, they love you. You have your siblings. um, And all of them specifically, you know, when I talk about parents specifically, they hold expectations for you as their child. I know that I've been expected to pursue a medical degree. And at first I wasn't into it at all. And now that I think more about it, I found passion in that subject. I knew that I've always wanted to go down a science route. So it works perfectly for me. But I know that my family has held other expectations for me as well. You know, for example, this is the college you have to get into. Nothing's better than this, right? Um, They set the bar really high and I'm not really sure if I could actually achieve that bar. And maybe they have other expectations, you know, family-related expectations. Oh, you know, when you get older, you have to have kids and, like, you know, marry this kind of guy. I don't even know if I want to get married to, like, you know, just begin with, let alone have kids. And so family expectations are really, really, really hard to combat because they've—sometimes these are just expectations that a parent has for their child anyways. You know, as a parent, you want to see your child succeed. You want to see your child um, satisfied in their life. And— If a child wants to pursue something in the arts rather than the sciences, it's a big red flag for them as a parent because in their experiences, all they've seen be successful is people who pursue a law degree or an engineering degree or a medical degree. Or they, you know, they do something that proves how smart they are rather than maybe how talented they are. And it's really, again, I I just cannot emphasize this enough, how hard it is to actually leave that expectation and to look at your parents and say, yeah, you know what? I know you care about me. I know you love me, but this is not for me. The pathway you're expecting for me is just not for me. The second is, you know, I'd say the biggest is society. And it's not, I feel like it has its other, um, you know, emotional tolls and the strings attached to societal expectations. But I think we can all agree that there's a basic picture that we all have painted and our expectations for ourselves are influenced by that basic picture. And that picture includes being established by maybe around 30 years old, right? Have a degree, have a high paying job by 30, being able to support yourself financially by 30. Um, Maybe, you know, finding the right one by that age as well, right? There's this idea of, oh, you're 28, you should be married by now, right? Um, Or even older, like there's so many people out there who are like maybe 32 or something and I can't help but think to myself, hey, you should be settled down by now. And this thought process is influenced by society. It's influenced by that picture that society has painted and said, hey, if you don't follow this pathway, 
you're not you're not human you're not a part of us you can't be a part of society if you don't have a high paying job by 30 and are completed with your education and have a degree that's actually worthwhile of your time and have a partner or someone to settle down with that again is so damaging and i think that that societal pressure influences so many other expectations you know our family's expectations our friends expectations our own expectations for ourselves and so you look at society and that's a really big expectation, right? You have this standard of way of life. And so it's hard. It's hard to look at that and be like, yeah, but I don't have it figured out right now and I'm 40. And to look at yourself and say that uh, it's not working for me yet, it's, it's okay. It's okay to be not ready at 40, to not have what you are expected to have at 40 or even older or younger. doesn't matter how old you are. What matters is that if you're not following those expectations that society has, it's not that big of a deal. And so when you think about that and you think of it from that perspective that, hey, you know what? Maybe my potential has not been tapped into yet, right? This standard picture that's been created by societal pressures, it's composed of so many people who had their potentials tapped into at an early age. And so because that's like maybe the average time that everyone peaks, that's become the picture. But it's important to remember that you don't have to follow that picture. You're you, you have your own personal needs. Society doesn't care what kind of needs you have. Society just says, hey, this is where you should be. This is who you should be. And this is what you should be able to do. And so when society says that, then your friends start following that too. I don't think that I have a friend group where everyone's like, yeah, you know what society says, they can just whatever. We're all in college. We're all pursuing our degree. Um, I'm actually at a community college. And so generally speaking, community colleges already have that stigma of, hey, you're not smart enough. You're not good enough. Everyone goes to a four-year program right out of high school. And I didn't do that. And originally I did have my doubts. I was like, you know, I am as good as everyone else who is at a four-year but they won't know that because I'm at a community college. And so after I accepted that, you know what, being at a community college doesn't affect who I should be and who I can be. And just because society says, oh yeah, four-year programs are better than community college, that doesn't mean that that's what should define me or should be a label for me. And so once I accepted that and my friends accepted that and we're all, you know, at a community college, then it became, oh, I have to get done with this in two years so I can transfer in to a four-year program. And to be honest, I'm still struggling with that. I'm still making peace with maybe it might take longer. I'm still making peace with, hey, after high school, it's fair game. Everyone has the potential to do everything. And there's a chance that I might not be able to do what I can do at the time I expect myself to. And so when I see, again, you know, that, that, third facet where you see people around you who are your age getting it together having it all for them I have so many friends who are at UCs right now and I'm sitting there like you know that could have been me I could have been that kid right there at UCLA and be thriving and chilling and just doing everything that I think makes me successful but the truth is is that my potential has not been tapped yet and maybe it'll be tapped soon Maybe it won't be tapped until a lot later, but it's important for me as an individual and for you as an individual to accept that you are an individual. 
Society groups us up into pools of people. And that is a problem because then we see what that pool is expected to do. And everyone in that pool, you know, my friends who are in college, for example, um, my mom's friends, kids who are, you know, just graduated from UCLA and are pursuing a med degree, we're all in the same pool. We're all in the same pool of wanting to become someone, wanting to be established by a certain age, wanting to complete, you know, our, our degrees as soon as possible. And once we're in that pool, we see what everyone else is doing. And when we see what everyone else is doing, we think that we should be doing that too. And it, it, this, this idea just goes beyond the whole peer pressure and everything that we were taught in school, you know. This is the peer pressure that we weren't taught in school, actually. You know, we were taught that, um, oh, you know, if someone forces you to do something that you know is wrong, you shouldn't do it, you should say no. But no one ever taught us about the peer pressures of seeing everyone around us become successful and watching ourselves still struggling to complete a task. No one ever taught us, hey, just because they have graduated with a 4.0 doesn't mean that that is what you should do. You can, of course, aim to do that. There's no harm in trying to be successful. But is that success really your success? You have to think about what you are capable of. I'm not saying you're not capable of a 4.0, but at what cost? Is it going to make a toll on your mental health? Is it going to lead you to cut all your social ties out? Are you going to get a 4.0 by damaging what you have already that makes you happy? And so when you understand how all of these different societal pressures, family pressures, um, pressures from the surroundings, they all influence our self-expectations for ourselves. It's easy to identify, hey, cool, this kid's at UCLA. Hey, cool, this kid's, you know, has a thriving photography account. That's great. I don't, and that's okay. I will one day. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll find something better that works better for me. And so... It's important, again, to understand that there's really no formula to this. There's no formula of life. Life has not said to you, hey, if you don't make it till 30, that's it for you. You don't have a life after that. I know um, a few doctors, actually. I attended a webinar, and um, there is Dr. Langer and Dr. D'Amico of Lenox Hills Netflix uh, series. And so they attended a webinar, and they're both neurosurgeons, and Dr. Langer is currently 59 and I looked at his, um, you know, we were on Zoom and I saw his face and I'm like, you don't look a day older than 50. And it's not even about like what he looks like. It's the way he was talking. He had so much youth in himself. And so um, just a background, you know, being a neurosurgeon or going into neuroscience in general is an, an additional, I think, seven to nine years after your med degree. So even if you don't take a gap year, even if you do everything, you know, back to back, you're out of your undergrad by maybe what 22, maybe by 23 you're at a med, you know you're in a med school program. 23 plus four years is 27. 27 plus around nine years means that you're in your mid 30s. You're like 36 by the time you're done with your residency, your specialization, everything that's going to make you the doctor that you are. And so by the time you know you're entering the workforce, you're almost 40. And again, like just to reiterate, our society says, hey, you should have everything done by your 30s. You should be married. You should have a job. You should have kids. Everything should be done by 30. After 30, it's just downhill. You're living life. 
And so this guy literally has so much youth in himself. He's so active. And you think to yourself, you know, you're 60. That's when you should start thinking about retiring. This guy literally has, is in his prime right now as a 60-year-old. Dr. D'Amico, the other doctor I had a pleasure of meeting, he didn't even start med school until four years after he finished his undergrad program. And the story he told us was that he actually was thinking about med school, thinking about pursuing medicine, but he also was in love with music. And he actually spent four years after his undergrad program touring Europe with a band, right? And so you're, you're, you know what, you're mid-20s, 25, 26, you're touring in Europe, you have everything good and you're sitting to yourself, you're probably thinking right now, right, like the way I am thinking, that's great, you have everything lived out for yourself, everything's established, you're going to be a super famous rock band, everything's good, you're going to get good money for it, you're going to be famous, everything's just perfect right there. But he didn't think it was perfect. He thought that he could do more than that. And so he ended up getting into a med school program ended up going to pursue neuro and he's what in his mid 40s and he just started his career and he's happy and that's the thing that he should emphasize on that we should emphasize on as individuals that we're happy respective irrespective of what choice we take irrespective of what pathway we take no matter how long it takes no matter how short it takes are you pleasing everyone or are you going to focus on pleasing yourself These are questions I want you to ask yourself when you are making decisions, choosing where to commit to for school, choosing a partner, choosing a job, coming out of school and, you know, entering the workforce and wondering, hey, I don't have a job yet, but are you happy? And if you're not happy, what are steps that you can take to achieve that happiness? And so with that, I end this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like the show, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more people find the show and it helps us to share our message of mental wellness to people in our community. And if you want to hear more of It's Okay to Feel, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. Thanks so much and keep smiling.